Hello there, I'm Tim and he's John and this is How to Murder Time, a podcast about games and things. Hello everybody. Watcher. Something interesting happened, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is amazing. We got to the end of regrowth. Did you think we'd get there? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, aside from the obvious uh, consistent interpersonal conflict going on throughout the whole thing, I just thought it was such a vastly ambitious project that uh, getting to the end of it as a sustained thing... You know, regular recordings, regular putting the shows up and stuff. It's a whole, yeah. a whole separate podcast yeah. thing to what we're doing right here, this here. 97 now. episodes. 97 episodes. All about half an hour long. About some a, longer, some shorter. About a year's worth, yeah. Just over a year. Yeah. So, so why don't you cover the basics then, what, what it was, and, 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 you know, just in case anybody who was totally ignoring all that. Okay, anyone who's been totally ignoring all that, what it is is a Minecraft mod, which starts you off in a, a world which is all blasted, cracked sand and dead trees and mm. um, horrible water, and then tells you to get on with it. Yeah, yeah. And a, rebuild stuff. It's kind of framing device for a vastly ambitious interconnected set of third-party mods, essentially, what, about 140 or so? Oh, loads, yeah. Some of them were tiny little mods that only contain like one or two new types of block, you know, a new sort of chest and, and, and a barrel and, and, a, and a sack barrow to move barrels around with, and that's your entire mod. But some of them were quite extensive. There's some really large content ones in there. Like oh, t- yeah. <laughs> typically the magic systems, yeah, yeah, Britannia, yeah, Thorncraft, yeah. Blood magic and witchery. It does seem that the magic systems are more extensive than the technology ones. Technology ones give you the tools and let you get on with it. The magic mm. ones make you work. They seem to be more narrative in and of themselves. They seem to sort of come as a sort of structured set of do this, now you can do this, now you can do this. And there's some kind of sort of small, often they come with their own little in game booklets, you know, that you can read through. And some of those books are presented as a kind of narrative diary of some crazy mad mage that went mad or whatever. You know, they're, they're almost like um, their own little self internally consistent quest packs in and of themselves. So it's quite astonishing how they managed to sort of bolt that all together as uh, an overall mod pack yeah. in a sort of chained and consistent manner yeah so, so basically we started off by building a little um shack to live in mm-hmm. which got upgraded yeah yeah there was, a, there was a couple of weeks at the beginning where we were charging around this, uh, this empty desert being attacked by skeletons and trying to wall ourselves up in in caves and stuff and trying to find a suitable looking mountain i think that massive mountain we ended up building that greek temple on top of that that caught my eye as yeah. we were sort of yeah. moving across and it was quite near the coast as well because we thought water might be important it turned out not to be nearly as important as we thought. No, there was some diving. Yeah. One of the least impressive quests. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so basically what happens is you end up uh, mainly replacing resources with seeds. Yeah. So you get seeds which you can make dirt from. And... and that pretty much transforms, that sort of changes the entire Minecraft experience, to be honest. I think that's the uh, AgriCraft, is it? Uh, magic yeah. Magic Crops as well. Magic Crops There's is a, couple a different of, one. a couple of small ones that sort of hook together. And basically all of the resources you normally expect from a standard playthrough of Minecraft are missing, not there. So you have to use these seeds. Um, and the first ones you get uh, I think Batania is the means by which you generate new seeds of new types so that gets sort of jump bootstrapped up quite early on and yeah basically there's dry grass lying around you know, occasional places out on these cracked sands and if you bash that sometimes you'll get a, a, a wheat seed or, or a belladonna seed or whatever and you know from about three or four types of basic seed yeah, you could then you then start building up enough to get food growing, and then and the seeds have their own stats as well. Which yeah, is you have to level up the seeds. Yeah, yeah, growth, um, power, and something else, yeah. which is factor. basically done by making a massive long line and just letting them replicate along it. Well, it's these crop sticks, which sort of I hate crop the, sticks. the fundamental sort of cornerstone of very early early stage regrowth playthrough was is yeah, essentially developing up your strains of of crops to become very powerful. The crop sticks is a real fiddle at the start with to get get them used get it all going and stuff but ultimately you can use what a thing growing in a in a crop stick set will not actually you can then right click it and it will pop off the, the fruit or the you know, some some sheaves of wheat or whatever but doesn't destroy the plant which means you don't have to keep replanting yeah. it every time which was actually quite useful once you got it up and going and then using crossed crop sticks you can crossbreed two different types of plant together with, with if you leave a gap in the middle so i think wheat and and something else will then cross to make potatoes or carrots or whatever all very biologically unsound but but as a sort of way of pre- presenting a way to unlock and work your way up through the, the vast diversity of materials you need 
and then you eventually get to a point where you can get Botania going with your runic altar and your, your, your exo flames and chucking coal at flowers to generate magic power and so on that means then once you've got the runic altar going you can then use you can start to bring in other seeds as well yeah they had to cheat a little bit with these repeatable daily quests to first introduce some of these essences into the world they, they were annoying they were very fiddly yeah yeah it's like one it's once every two hours or something like that and you need like three or four of these quests completed to get enough bits to put together to get the first seed of the thing but once you've got the seed there it's a lot of unlocking it was yeah essentially yeah it's mainly unlocking and then of course breeding these new seeds the new seeds come into the world as a one 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 stat so you have to sort of cross train them along a great load load of sticks um and that was yeah that was the first sort of 20 episodes or so it was just like mucking about with this garden <laughs> Which was all right, you know, it was interesting, but I don't know how interesting it was to watch. But from there, you, you start to spread out into all, a large amount of the rest of the normal Minecraft mods set um, because you've got all the materials available. Yeah. So from then on, I think you went. Uh, we went a bit mad a bit early on trying to generate some sort of automated farm, didn't we? Once we had a, a large variety of the different types of plant available. So yeah. that, and where did these robots come from? So I oh, I've got some robots. The, I don't remember seeing that in the quest book at all. No, it wasn't in the quest book. There, there, there's a couple of things that never get mentioned in the quest book. One was the farming robots that I used. Yeah. Because it seemed like the best way to do farming to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the quest book didn't. The quest book does a reasonable job of introducing you through various mods gameplay, but there are large amounts of emissions and detours and things it doesn't really cover. And also, each of these individual mods are normally a standalone thing, and they've been sort of overridden and tweaked yeah. in such a way that some massaged of the, some of the normal recipes you'd expect don't work and you need bits from a previous mod pack to get the next mod pack going as it were so you know the next mod so things like um normally a blood altar is made out of just diamonds and stone and normal vanilla things but the blood altar in here needed bits from thorncraft bits from witchery yeah it's a lot more interconnection but yes only a very very light interconnection not a deep interconnection. yeah just just as just enough to make you do one thing and then move on to the next i suppose yeah i found it quite useful as a whole just uh, the way they did that is a sort of mechanism to learn a lot more about all these vast numbers of different mod packs, which I normally or normally probably wouldn't have bothered. I'll see 140 mods and then just stick to using cobblestone for everything because yeah. it just very intimidating how to get started. But um, yes, yeah, so the farming robots was an example of the the sort of mods that weren't really hinted at by the quest book at all the mod pack was in there yeah, there, there were yeah there's a couple of mods in there which we that and the if, I system they, and if i didn't know they existed i wouldn't have bothered to go in there yeah but they they basically exist just to help out if you know they exist they make your life a lot easier yes because i spent a lot of time manually right clicking plants to make them pop off and stuff i knew about the hopper hawk which was a plant from britannia which picks up things on the ground and puts them in a chest next to it and from from there, you need to. Um... Oh dear! I'm, I'm, I know. I'm, Embarrassing. I'm, I'm shocked. I know. You have to edit that out. You don't know anybody. <laughs> um. So, uh, I've lost my train of thought now. Photo bomb. Phone bombed. Fo- phone. Yes. Uh, crops. So. Yeah, the crops, we had the sort of rudiments of an automation system in that there's various plants that can pick up crops that have been thrown on the ground and then put we can start to put them in boxes and the, the drawers came into it at that point. Yeah. So the sort of rudiments of a storage system trying to keep I do everything. like those drawers. Yeah, the drawers are very, very easy to use, quite intuitive, quite simple to build as well. They just need wood and chests. And a bit of redstone yeah, yeah. for the controller. Yeah, the, the controller unit. Did we use the controller unit yeah. properly in the end? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah no, I, I saw that turn up one week and didn't understand what it was. <laughs> Basically, that was just an in-and-out point for putting stuff in. You just pipe into the controller unit, and it goes to the right one. Right, yeah, because I think to begin with, we had this big sort of zigzag snake of logistics pipes on the back that was just trying to stuff it in whichever empty slot was next, you know. Yeah, that was a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, so it's quite, quite therapeutic Although, watching it all zigzag. I, I will back. point out that the uh, uh, storage controllers never quite worked properly, and items would get lost or... Uh, just get missed by putting in and end up in the next bit. Uh, yeah. They were never reliable enough to uh, make the system work 100%. Yeah, I think you had to do a lot more with locking the drawers and then assigning manually where things were going to go beforehand and stuff. But as, as a sort of a early early way to not have to root through hundreds of chests, it's it pretty good. Because you can see visually on the front what's what's where, whereas having to open a number of chests that all look identical or try and remember what goes in which box... Yeah, much better. I mean, I sort of later learnt that the Britannia Drum of the Wild would work as well as a yeah. way of harvesting crops. Um, 
because I, I, I didn't think that would work because of the way the, the crop sticks, but they seem to work quite well. Pops the stuff off when the drum hits, gets a pulse. But then you got to sort of work on quite a complicated uh, mana generation system, which I, I, I took on as a sort of project running over the months, and, and those got more and more out of hand. Initially, I was going with just a bunch of um, exoflames, I think, the ones you throw the coal at and they just go munch, eat yeah. the coal, turn it into nearby mana, and that's fine. But then, you know, I started to started to develop more and more elaborate systems involving uh, bombs, <laughs> TNT in particular. It got out of hand. Yeah, well, I was doing th- I was doing thermal li- lilies for a while, which is basically they'll eat a nearby bucket of lava, which is fine, but they have to, they have quite a long lengthy cooldown as well, which is a real problem. So we could have actually automated that. That could have been automated. Been yeah, yeah, and and we were generating lava. That was quite interesting. The one of the early seeds we got was the fire essence and. F- Fire seeds generate these fire essences, and four of those with a bucket in the middle in a grid makes a bucket of lava. And or you just, shove them in. Well, just the ability to generate the effectively yeah. infinite lava from. I was doing it by just melting the seeds, the essences themselves, in a furnace, and that made the lava too. Yeah, yeah. So I had one um, furnace, furnace to make a, uh, the lava, and then then piped into the next furnace to do all the real work. Yeah, yeah. So and then, yeah, for once you've got a furnace for lava pulling into a tank, you can then route that around using yeah. the. Yeah, so we use lava quite a lot. Lava is a fantastic source of power and energy for a lot of different processes. You can just chuck it in the bottom of a furnace, and that will power cooking and smelting. Or you can, you can. There's all sorts of ways you can use it. Um, And just being able to have a crop of that going. Diamond seeds we got relatively early on as well. I mean, again, all these it sort of turned the whole experience on its head from about week from about episode thirty onwards. We were at a point where we were generating, we were growing really fantastically rare resources uh, in 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 vast numbers you know sort of thou- literally thousands of diamonds sat in a chair in a, yeah. in a drawer waiting to be used for whatever and the normal premise of standard minecraft is that diamonds are quite rare you've got to spend quite a long time digging near near bedrock around lava pockets to try and find ones and twos of them but suddenly the whole sort of economic basis of, of the minecraft experience is turned on its head because effectively we're starting to approach an almost create it's a sort of not quite creative mode creative mode being essentially where you play minecraft in a mode where you can just generate all the resources you need infinitely out of thin air and you just use that to go and build stuff so there's still the challenge of of resource management and the logistics but once you've got a large number of crops of say diamonds going it gets to the point where you essentially solve the resources yeah we have solved diamonds now tick you know we've got all the diamonds yeah every now and then there'd be some stupid use of a material that we'd suddenly need all all eight thousand stored units i know the the one that was the problem was cotton yeah cotton was the one i kept running out of because the AE system needed it oh okay which is essentially string and wool and and all those sorts of things so uh, i i found that i was running out of that very frequently yeah yeah. bizarrely that became the most rare resource we had (laughs) So, yeah, it take, took us about the first 40 episodes or so to get to the point where we were sort of self-sufficient in all of the materials we needed. Um, at that point, I think the mana generation for Britannia... I think Britannia was basically my main go-to technology for doing a lot of stuff. Britannia itself has a lot of useful gadgets and you know, magic rods that do this, that, and the other. And I, I, I developed very early on a fixation with the Rod of the Shifting Lands, which yeah. basically swaps blocks in situ as long as you've got some in inventory. If you've got that and the Rod of Earth... You and enough mana with a mana mirror linking to nearby pools that were oh massively overproducing because it was all being powered by multiple bomb detonations per second. Um, I got to the point where I could just start running around swapping crack sand for for dirt. At which point that would then cause the grass to spread. We'd we'd found pasture seeds to turn dirt into grass blocks, uh, and I just decided with the aid of the atlas stuff. Now the atlas is is its own mod, is it? The little the little yeah. maps. Yeah. Oh no, the, the map, maps is a vanilla thing, but the atlas yeah, is a bit more elaborate and the way to manage it all and do you have multiple zoom levels and so on uh, and I was just starting to go off and terraform the entire world because it seemed to me I, the books weren't the server me, thanks you by the way <laughs> yeah I was generating all sorts of world that didn't need to exist we could we could have potentially carried out you know literally got on and done the entire regrowth thing in the same I don't know nearby 20 chunks or so I yeah. mean the villages were a bit large but apart from that we didn't really need to go anywhere specific to do a lot of the stuff yeah. there wasn't much in the way of world well, exploration that's the thing. needed uh, one of the issues with this pack and all of these packs yeah. is it encourages you to basically have a checklist building system where you 
ramp up to a technology, tick it off, put it in a box. There's very little in the way of exploration in in, in the entire regrowth, I think. The, yeah. and, and that's not necessarily the regrowth. Yeah, the, I think it's a chap called Phoenix, the Phoenix Lodge who sort of put the regrowth pack together. But but the the individual mods that comprise regrowth are made by all sorts of different authors, and you can you know find them as standalone add-ons to your own server and your own game. Yeah. Well, which is why with our next playthrough, we're actually going to go. Uh, uh, beyond just the quests yeah. and uh, actually make stuff work like if we build a, a facility we'll just make it work but the normal minecraft experience of of going over the horizon or taking several in-game days to go north and see what you can find really didn't apply we did do a bit of sailing around we, uh, luck as luck had it we sort of found ourselves on an island that was pretty much big enough for just about yeah. what we needed yeah there wasn't really much need to go and look for other continents we had found a few and i built i built a map room i think somewhere around episode Forty or fifty, and was starting to lay down copies of the individual maps or map frames on the floor. That was quite useful, quite a good way of seeing what was at seeing, you know, the, the the state of a whole domain. But yeah. the trouble is, you had to go to the place with the map open to update that map back in the map room as well. So there's a lot of constant cartography needed to uh, keep that thing up to date, and it wasn't really that useful in the end. So at that point, we're still mucking about with B, with BC Logics. Is it BC Logistics pipes? Yeah, yeah, they, they're sort of gold pipes with the little items flowing along them. They're very useful and easy. Uh, Early game ways of getting stuff around the place. Um, I think there's a couple of other pipe systems that, that weren't in the mod pack that people might be more familiar with. Yeah. Um, and right, it's a way near the far end. I actually discovered mechanism logistics pipes, and those things are really good. And, and <laughs> we should have used it for the whole lot for about <laughs> eighty episodes. They, they were a l- very expensive. To They're make. quite costly to make. You need all sorts of uh, high end sort of steel and 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 various steel. That was another animals. of our well, steel was a big bottleneck all the way through. If yeah. I'd done it. Again, Again, I would have made that steel production scaled. There's probably some better way to do that. I think you can probably do steel purely using mechanism enrichment chambers. You start with iron and you can make the wrought iron using the infused metallurgic infusers possibly and if you'd set up a big enough chain of that constantly running we probably wouldn't have needed the massive coke spelt trees yeah. and coke ovens and stuff yeah so there was this constant sort of background it's almost like the the designer of the whole overall experience had thought well we're gonna need the tech ones so we'll put them in but we're not that keen on the tech ones because they're not very narratively interesting yeah. what we're trying to create here is a, essentially a narrative journey of, of quests but and when it when it came down to but it, there was a whole lot of tech stuff that was really useful that we were constantly it, building the yeah. tech stuff was absolutely required required because at its core the the pack is use tech to automate your way out of this problem yeah and a lot of the so-called fantasy based magic-y type mods were essentially technology i mean botania in particular is essentially flowers carrying out the the the, the, the function of network routers and, and servers and, and energy producers and and so on and it's all done with flowers and it looks quite pretty when it's all laid out on the on the countryside there but essentially functionally speaking that is a very tech heavy mod yeah the things it does and, and the, the the interconnectivity of it all it has its own electricity system called mana which doesn't pipe through pipes like everything else you need to fire it in beams using little wooden spreader things and stuff but ultimately a very technical thing as well i mean the whole experience was, was very technical i mean some of them uh, some of the stuff was perhaps a bit less technical i think blood magic probably is not of, uh, that was a bit more in the way of rituals and, and things uh, we really skipped over that one didn't yeah we? no we did blood magic's hardly used in it it's so, only used with the basics there's all these rituals we didn't bother using mm. which do really useful things yeah yeah and the same with witchery as well witchery became a real pain towards the sort of 70 episode 70 onwards we kept putting it off and putting it off because it's just really counterintuitive and awkward and doesn't really interact with all the other mods very well there's really no, hard there's no, to automate there's no synergy there yeah and it, again it is its own makes you occasionally get off and do the entire thing again <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, that 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 particular one. There was one where we had to make a brew of some spirit thing, and the only place you can do that is you, if you, you go to this alternate dimension. So what you need is you build a load of dream catchers, then you drink this stuff, then your character passes out, and it functionally loads into an alternate dimension. And this dimension is essentially it can be the daytime or nighttime in that dimension. If it's nighttime, you effectively you're, you're captured your nightmares and you're inside your nightmares, and you spend the whole time being chased by this Cthulhu non- monster thing, and basically having a, a terrible time but if you have the right kind of stuff you can drink this stuff and pass out and have a dream instead in which case you go into that dimension it's daytime constantly and then you have to go and scour around and you've got nothing you can take nothing with you and you have to somehow brew another brew from the witchery stuff in this other dimension which means you have to bootstrap the entire witchery which means you have to bootstrap everything else that led up to it back in the first game effectively it's a yeah now start again and that was a nightmare. We, I think we cheated in the end, didn't we? We may have cheated, yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> we just he's got he's got a, like a special book as a server admin or something that can spawn items in world and we just spawn oh that you can just spawn items by turning it into creative mode yeah yeah so we or just we, we cheated for that bit because we didn't want to really subject the viewers to another 40 episodes of starting again we'd have done it much quicker i actually started i was got, got some crops spliced together i was getting the hang of some of the sticks yeah. and stuff but it was just going to take so long to get you know, where we'd got already again um, yeah, so witchery was was an odd pick. It didn't really gel with any of the rest of it particularly well, and and we were quite and and yet it had it had two pages in the in the overall quest book as well, whereas most of the other mod packs just had the one. Yeah. So uh, for some reason, it, yeah, the, the the overall regrowth experience delighted in making us do lots more witchery than we wanted to or needed to, just to I don't know fill up fill up time or something. Um, yeah, so it's sort of around four, episode 40 onwards, we, we were then sort of looking at branching off into lots of different uh, magic trees. So you've got these these four key major magic mods for, for Minecraft. Um, I think you can find on most uh, Curse and Feed the Beast, they have a mod pack called uh, Mage Quest. That probably is a best pl- better place to look if you want to explore these ma- magic mods specifically themselves because it uses the hard quest book book mode thing again but it just focuses on these four yeah. magic mods and it makes them a lot more accessible you get to it much quicker you don't have to do one before the other you can pick them in any order you like as well but yeah so you got you got thorncraft i i, I specialized in on that one that was yeah. quite good i like that that's that's, yeah. that's welcome that's a very solid mod solid mod with a lot of it, it presents its own it's it, it has all sorts of cool rituals and gadgets and bottles and pipes and big spinning cubes and and all that sort of thing and but it also presents its own challenges and its own difficulties its own bosses at one point we were being assaulted by i kept getting invisible mind spiders and attacked by eldritch creatures from beyond because my darkness had, had gotten too much you know there are different sorts of research that that can can essentially affect your kind of a new sort of alignment bar there, and then at one point we ended up in a maze dimension trying to find some stuff, um, which was all part of Thorncraft as well. At the end of Thorncraft, you ended up with this rod of summoning, which then let you get on and do the, the millionaire thing, the villages. But uh, yeah. but Thorncraft as a, as, a, as a whole is very solid. There's lots of interesting and intricate gameplay there to, to keep you interested, and, and yeah, it, it was self-contained as well. You know, I mean, we experienced it in the context of an overall journey through regrowth, but. But, um, yeah, so then there was the blood magic thing, and I built this massive red brick pyramid thing that you never really used properly. Well, we used <laughs> the first couple of levels. So you were, you were our blood mage, um, and you did a lot of things I didn't really understand very quickly and then put it all in a box, I think. Yeah, it basically just needed you to create uh, craft certain items, which needed you to get, I think, to a tier three or four altar, which yeah, yeah, not that, near the that top. Big, the massive pyramid there. So that all runs off sacrificing your own hearts or, as damage. Or enemies. Or enemies. We never, quite, we never got to the point where we needed to do the whole automate your enemies i suppose if you're doing tells everyone if you're exactly doing how magic, far we got if you're doing blood magic properly you could you create some sort of mob farm on top of the altar underneath. or where, wherever you, it's hollow underneath and use a ritual to or do the auto killing as well okay fair enough and that then powers powers a whole load of cool magic stuff and yeah. gadgets and widgets and all sorts of multi-block constructions and things but it had useful stuff like the ability to make it nighttime. Yeah, yeah, which came in really useful at the end. Yes, because a lot of the witchery rituals only worked at night. Although you seem to keep killing yourself on that altar, yeah. and also I got turned into a vampire, which meant I could I, expl- I caught fire in sunlight. So being able to turn it into night a lot helped. Um, yeah, so then you've got Bata- you got Batania, which well, that came in very early on, and that was used more as a bootstrap to get into the other stuff. But Batania itself, that that was that went on and on as well. There was Gaia Guardian battle arena boss fights available yeah. at the top end, and and one of my favourite widgets came from that which was the tiara the flugel tiara um basically there's a, a bauble you can put on that basically runs off of mana and lets you fly yes that was the first and easiest way to fly i think that we found i think you needed to kill the guy guardian to get the spirit to construct that but once once we had the flying it, that made just getting around and doing stuff a lot easier generally um and there was all sorts of extra other rings of thor and dice of the gods and stuff there was more we could have done with that luminizers we never looked at which are a kind of sort of floating light path tunnel thing that's sort of basically a travel transit system um red string there's some sort of some, again it's sort of some sort of me- mechanical interaction a lot of these mod packs have a way that interacts with redstone as, yeah. as a sort of thing thorncraft had its own sort of red crystals that let you then sort of hook it all up to your existing redstone automation and so on um yeah and then witchery which uh yeah 
Yeah, witchery. Which is not. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I've subsequently been tinkering around with it a little bit on my own single-player regrowth playthrough, and I've been having a look at some of the stuff there. It's interesting, but it doesn't really work well with the rest of what, ev- what else was going on at the time. I think you, you play witchery, and you play witchery, and you like it or you don't, but I just didn't see it. Yeah, and also, it, whereas every other quest was... Um, you you just need to do this and then you're done. They built, they're built on each other, yeah. yeah. Which are you always seem to be? You'll get a quest and it will be a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. Here's it now. Go and do this whole other thing in Witchery, and, and they wouldn't really build on anything you'd done before. It wouldn't really, you know, require things yeah. you've now learned. Yeah, it's just like, suddenly a whole new. And oh, go core, and get the book. You know, core aspects of it, like having a coven. Yes, happens what? between quests. Yes, yeah. Now go off and find a good what? Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, it sort of makes sense. It's his own decent mod, I suppose, but it, it didn't really play well with others, I don't think. So then there was some advanced vampire thing. I don't know where that came from, and I'm pretty sure that mod pack has some kind of werewolf thing going on as yeah. well. But fortunately, we didn't have to go through that in regrowth. Um, yeah, so th- and that, and we sort of ended up spending most of our time. So that there was a whole load of magic stuff going on from sort of episodes sort of. 50 through to 90 or so we got most of it done apart from witchery which was we kept just leaving till the end because it was yeah, just we, really dis- we probably shouldn't have left it quite as long because yeah, that yeah. meant the end was entirely witchery <laughs> if we'd have knuckled down and got on with that a bit earlier it might have gotten through and provided some useful stuff but all through that was going on there was also a couple of tech pages on the uh, the, the, the overall book and particularly the mechanism page now mechanism is a, is a standalone mod set that in, is, concerns itself with energy generation and machines to manipulate uh, materials um things like uh rf powered smelters that kind of thing yeah. and and at the far end of mechanism is the induction cell which is the massive battery you saw in the basement there which is capable of storing an eye-watering and mind-boggling amount of, of electrical energy which when when fully expanded to its maximum extent i i, I just scratched the surface building that thing it, it could have been much larger. If anyone saw the basement room with the sort of white block scaffolding around the central battery, the white block was was markers showing the full extent of a, the largest buildable battery casing. And then you could fill that with, with cu- individual cubes, each of which could store a couple of giga RF of energy. It was insane, the amount, the size, the maximum extent that yeah. thing could be built to. And, and in the end, we sort of got to the point where we just couldn't, think why would what would we use that much energy for i could use that much energy on other mods like yeah. some of the void mining type stuff from or other mods some of the other mods have devices that create matter out of thin air yeah, exactly. from electricity which i suppose that's the sort of pinnacle of, of your vast generation is when you can just make diamonds out of nothing from from electricity i suppose but it, it really didn't matter because why would you bother with that when you've just yeah, got diamonds because week fifth week 15 we got a seed that let us grow as many diamonds as we like from sunlight <laughs> so a lot, a lot of the mechanism seemed to not really i mean there's there's there is a certain gleeful uh, sort of mayhem involved in just building the in- enormous reactors and batteries for their own sake you ended up building a massively complicated system to generate um, tritium and deuterium oh um, yeah yeah which is the fuels for nuclear fusion and then we ended up we built the massive laser array to charge this this big yeah. reactor core thing and oh, that's that, fun the reactor that Bernie. <laughs> the reactor core was fantastic. I really enjoyed that part of it. That was a really good mod. Um, of course, that reactor core produced way more energy than we could need, and it got stored in the battery. Yeah. And we, we were, to the, towards the end, we we, thought we 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 had a schedule where we'd record perhaps two or three episodes a week, all on the same night. And the server runs continually all all week round. It's an independently hosted thing. It wasn't just you know, turn, you know only on when we turned when we started up. And it would take a week for. The, we could generate in about 20 minutes using that reactor all the energy that the entire base yeah. consumed during the week when we weren't logged in. So at that point, I mean, you were you were arming and arming about trying to make the reactor run permanently. As a yeah, sort of, just we, as an exercise. But the, the problem with that was it needed so much land real estate to do it. There's these vast evaporation towers that were making no, lithium those, and those stuff. Those were pretty much fine. It was the base of it. It was the uh, pumps in water and solar... Um, uh, uh, changey things yeah yeah which yeah pain in the it would have would have worked as an interesting standalone project i suppose can we run a reactor constantly yeah. at rate, it would have been whatever? doable it just it would have taken a, we would have had to have flattened the whole area <laughs> to do it and ultimately we did no need for that kind of electricity at all and again it was another rattle through all this stuff i mean it's nice to be able to run the a system without worrying about power outages yeah. but the a system was interesting that didn't come up in the tool in no. the book at all and yet that was something you you knew about beforehand presumably and decided yeah. we needed one of and that sort of replaced our big draw controller and bunch of chess 
chests of drawers and, and hot Actually, and stuff. it absorbed that. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, so yeah, viewers who were watching from like episode sixty onwards would sort of recognise the the increasingly complex wiring nightmare in the in the ground floor of the the, the skyscraper. I like my wiring. Your wiring was terrible. You used the same color cabling for everything. I, had to, I, I, was, I was going through and trying to re- redo it all in, in useful colors so we could tell which trunk. You know that just made me go out and uh, whenever I had to use cables, just use the plain one. You just yes, yes. I know. I was, I was forever going around tidying up, trying to. Well, because color coding, right? You got this big multicolor block at the center, which is the AE system controller, and each face of that cube can output thirty-two data channels. And I had a lot of trouble conceptually working out what channels actually meant. But basically, those channels then go off to each input and output device attached to any device and the, the the great thing with the AE system is not so much that it was a massive digitized storage system you know we could just put thousands and thousands of units of whatever materials we like would just turn into into energy and sit inside this cube but the the you can actually attach it to all sorts of devices and then program recipes through the AE system which essentially is auto crafting and auto everything if you can yeah. get it right there's a few a few hiccups where we were trying to understand how to do it but really I'm still all- not entirely sure the limiters work how I think <laughs> <laughs> the the the, um, the interesting thing was being able to do living rock and 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 uh, living wood from Britannia, which is put a, put a block yeah. down next to a flower, wait, and it changes into something else, and then you have to break it. and And I managed to create a system that sort of auto placed and then waited and then auto destructed, but it went a bit mad with the limiters. I think again. Yeah. <laughs> In in the, in the next series, which has actually started, they've seen the first episode. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll be doing a much better version of that. Mm. So the A system, it, it was it was interesting, but it was infuriating as well because once you're committed to it, you are committed to it. And we yeah. had problems where it just kept lo- kept turning off and losing everything every time. You know, we look in the interface and suddenly everything's gone, and you have to wait for it to kick back in again. And we never worked out why that was. I, I think we just made a, boundaries. Uh, we made a far too complicated system it, or something. It was it was quite ambitious. Yeah, I don't know what the people are expecting when they they build. Oh, and it has a. a this horrible channels system where you have to start being very careful about plugging too many bits onto the same cable yeah well i started sort of compressing channels into peer-to-peer tunnels as well which is a bit advanced but we managed to sort of just about figure out how to do that and make that pass 32 existing channels through one normal channel in a oh, nightmare nightmare it, it, it sort of worked it did the job it seemed like i was so impressed with it to be honest yeah the, the, the channels thing is complexity for complexity's sake yeah I I remember before it had that, and I think that was far better. I can, I like the I like how we managed to do some of the more weird stuff, like ri- the the Britannia ritual altar, for example. Yeah. We managed to get that automating through the A system, yeah. what it sort of, um, and things like the, the the vanilla potion rack as well. That that managed to get that plumbed in and stuff. The the bloomery furnace for making raw iron. I mean, there, there was theoretically no reason that anything at all that could be done in this mine this mod pack could not be automatically done by the AE system but it got really sort of teeteringly complex towards the end and I was starting to that's why I had to take a few ep- between episode sessions and just start te- tearing out wiring and re-putting it in under color coding just so I could tell what went where because it got really <laughs> difficult to diagnose what was going on half the time especially when you weren't even using the clad cable it was just the fluix stuff yeah. those fluix crystals were a pain in the arse oh they were yeah that's the a- whole AE system runs off these sp- special resource that can only be grown by dropping special seeds in puddles and yeah, waiting. Yeah, wait until they're grown and then pick them up, and we didn't have any way of picking up which had a good enough filter. Yeah, so that got all a bit complicated as well. I'm surprised it lasted as well yeah. as it did. But we got there sort of in the end. The last the last intended chapter, uh, which we accidentally ended up doing a bit earlier, was the Millionaire mod, which was essentially, that was really interesting what they tried to do there, but I got the feeling it was a little bit too ambitious for the platform. It's yes. like somebody had decided to sit down and effectively create a version of Civilization or Anno 1750 or whatever in Minecraft. The whole thing runs off a series of NPC villages that each have their own little placement engine. There's a, there's a little economy. The, the villages have a village centre and they have a, an NPC you talk to who buys goods and those goods then go into a box and are used by other NPCs in the village, builders, who go out and actually construct pre, pre-generated buildings. The, you know, the, the, the mod knows how to build a quarry so if it gets enough stone it, someone will go out and start literally block placing in rows you could see it happening yeah. as well it's really quite or sometimes quite you cool. could sometimes it would just happen because you couldn't see it because yeah the npcs were a bit odd sometimes they weren't drawn properly but the, bl- the block placement would happen anyway so you just see this pop 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 and the whole section and the next to the village center would suddenly turn into a stables or something and there was five different cultures there there was like a japanese one a hindi one a mayan one norman and another one 
<laughs> uh, Byzantine, was yeah. it? Yeah. So you've got these sort of different cultures. They have different resources, produce different materials, and some of those materials were needed to fill in hexagons in our quest book and stuff. It was a, it was a lovely idea, but it was really technically limited. For starters, these villages crossed multiple chunk boundaries, which made it very difficult to force them to load. Even with world anchors, we were having trouble. Yeah. Basically, you had to just go there and stand there whilst the thing lived, because well, if you went away and didn't have a world anchor, everything would stop. Which is fine up until the point that the uh, path funding breaks and the people can't leave their building, and then you have to restart the server to get it working. Yeah, it was fraught with troubles and problems, but it was a really nice idea, and it's a shame. I, I perhaps I, I don't know if that particular mod is in a release state yet or is still in development or oh, it's still in development where, I think yeah or whether I, I'm thinking that whole millionaire thing would be great as a starting for, if you just had that mod on your mod pack and you started along with it so yeah. because you have the option of talking to the village elders and working out little faction charts and stuff and if you get high enough faction you can buy you can get them to build you a building that you can go and live in and that was totally useless to us because by the time you know sort of we're talking sort of 80 episodes in the pair of us were effectively gods living on a nearby mountain and capable of producing matter from energy and diamonds from sunlight so <laughs> at that point it was a case of we'll fly over to the i was wearing quite sinister robes yeah. and a halo and wings at that time as well fly so, over with buckets of stone yeah yeah fly over with like a thousand diamonds and here yeah, i have given you this build your thing and then you just stand there and wait while they build their thing and there was nothing they could do for us really apart from give us the one or two resources we couldn't get any other way to yeah. tick off quest books so turning up at that sort of stage is it's the whole sort of prime directive thing going on there really isn't it we've got primitive cultures around us that we were terribly warping by yeah. our, our vast uh, powers and those quests were ended up being an awful lot of off-camera stuff yeah we'd have to it just running over the week yeah yeah it was and literally it would run solidly all week and not have got to the end of the uh, stuff yeah and then and obviously the technical problems that you've been talking about as well weren't helping at all a shame i really liked the idea of that but i think it wasn't quite ready for prime time or, or it was just pushing minecraft a little bit too far you know it, it's, it was interesting what it was doing but but yeah so I think the idea with regrowth is that you, once you got to that stage and you've got one of each village flourishing you have at that point effectively rebuilt the world yeah. you know, and, well and done you the, the, box. the thing at the end of Witchery we got to really made it clear that that was meant, probably meant to be the last thing we'd done yeah yeah exactly the Witchery thing was a bit <laughs> it ended on a bit of an anticlimax there was some nonsense with vampires we tried for 100 episodes <laughs> yeah uh, yeah I got turned into a vampire I, I noticed it was usually me that had to have the, the weird mind spider attacking him or get turned into a vampire or, or that was purely coincidence yes yes you were more of a sort of supervisory yeah. role i think which which was good um yes yeah, so i got turned into a vampire that was an interesting little mini game mechanic where you had to sort of go around and, and right click villagers to you could hypnotize villagers and then drink their blood to fill your own little power bar and eventually you gain levels of vampire and gain abilities and so on um yeah and i think that i think that's that same mod set had some kind of werewolf thing going on as well but we didn't seem to come across that as regrowth which was just as well i think there's one thing worse than vampires it's this tedious war between vampires and werewolves yeah. you know i see that everywhere and i get so tired of it all ah i much i much like much preferred the imag stuff the academy craft yeah that, that turned up sort of out of nowhere midway through the tech stuff part of the, the one of the mechanism pages Don't I went think. nowhere yeah exactly you build a bunch of devices that create power from crystals and then there's a big sort of pod thing and you use the pod thing and you unlock one of three superpowers and it was randomly assigned and i got teleporting powers and then you have to use those powers over over and over in an MMO styly to actually increase the different sorts of powers. My basic, my first power was I could throw. <laughs> I could basically it was functionally it, it was I could use telekinetic powers to propel objects with lethal force, um, which was functionally the same as having a bow and arrow, but without needing a bow. Yeah. Whereas you got something where you could like use eye lasers to set yeah. fire to everything. I, I could I could blow stuff up <laughs> with my mind. <laughs> it seemed a bit unfair. I mean, I did enough. I did enough throwing bits of flint at monsters to to level it to level two, and I got I got a couple of point to point teleport. But that was line of sight stuff. It wasn't you know. Yeah. And then we discovered later on that mechanism has a whole bunch of base station teleporters anyway that run off of RF energy cubes uh, and a little little remote control device. I set up a network of those. That was that was. I, I thought sometimes think we should have built that much earlier because it was cool and interesting and powerful. But then I thought, well, yeah, but we were never really travelling anywhere until no, we got the village. We didn't need to until we actually needed to. The only things we 
we had a couple of uh, different areas because we had actually spread out on purpose. Yeah, yeah. You know, the the, uh, the villages have quite large yeah. footprints. Yeah, so the, if you need one more and, than and, one, you'd and go the, a little bit. The obvious thing to do in these mob packs is just build everything around your uh, spawn. Yeah, keep it and just convenient. have machines littered around everywhere. But yeah. we wanted to try and do a bit more buildy. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, we we didn't do a good job in tidying up stuff we didn't need anymore. Though there was a lot of abandoned facilities yeah. sort of working their way up the mountain and so on. But. Uh, Mainly because it got to the point where I couldn't understand the wiring anymore. So <laughs> had to move. <laughs> this base has gone beyond my comprehension. Time to abandon it. Start again somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, the boss fights, there was a lot of boss fights. Yeah. I the end, the end dragon was easy. I'd yeah. never done an end dragon before, but by the time you're massively overpowered with all the Britannia terror Imagine blades. Imagine how and... much easier it would be if we could fly. Yeah. Oh, all it needs is terror blade and be able to fly. Yeah, well, the Terror Blade was great for just any kind of repeatable ranged attacks, good for the dragon, because obviously you're meleeing, it's a problem. But also, you have to kill the eggs on, on, on the pillars there, because they're, they're healing it the whole time. So basically, I was taunting it and shooting it with the Terror Blade sparkles, whilst he was just using big piles of mud to climb up and pickaxe the eggs. Eventually, we created a, a wide enough area of no healing and killed it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Got the egg. And that, that, was, that then unlocked a whole load of other stuff. But in terms of vanilla bosses, I mean, it even does end credits when you kill that thing and I jump know. through the exit portal. That's quite good. But that, that was just the beginning as far as this regrowth thing is concerned because every mod pack seemed to have its own gimmick boss. I mean, the, the Gaia Guardian was the big Britannia thing and there was a Gaia Guardian too as well. We sort of worked out enough strategies for that. I think the Britannia brewing potions. I, to be fair, most of these nonsense boss fights are the culmination of a mod pack in which you have been provided the tools to deal yes. with it. Yes, yeah. Um, so the but the Gaia Guardian is is best fought with Elementium armor, which is part of mod. The, the essentially damage reflection armor, and that, that's part of Britannia as well. And also a lot of the the brews, the the Britannia, the, the alchemical brewery thing that Britannia provides as well, gives you a lot of potions with a lot of powers that were good enough to get you through that fight. And we did those in the end. Um, the the witchery bosses were less fun, I found. Yeah, particularly Leonard. Um, oh, Leonard. Do we Poor do we Leonard. confess about Leonard? Leonard still lives. Leonard's still out there, yeah. We bugged him out, I think, and yeah. managed to um, managed to get us through the quest. But he, we we found out that he's still out there in one of the farther reaches of our of our overworld, uh, and we just don't make eye contact anymore. He stands there in a pond looking at us, yeah. and we run away. Um, but yeah, Leonard was weird. You, you wail on him in your normal boss fight fashion, you get him down to about a third, and then he goes into some super gimmick mode where he's chucking soul orbs at you. Yeah. And you can, I think, what you're meant to do there is use some of the splash potions from yep. Witchery to actually destroy those orbs only he's flying there are three sorts of orbs so you need three different sorts of splash potions or something and yeah and we just couldn't couldn't get past it in the end so in the end we ended up i think we went to the nether and he followed us and it went complicated well Um, i did i kited him through to the end (laughs) oh right the end that's right we got him in the end and and i yeah i'm not sure what happened at that point but anyway we got past he got out somehow yeah yeah then the, the vampire stuff had this Lilith thing that you had to go and go to a lake in the in the un, in. See, that wasn't too bad. Well, by that point, we're massively tooled up with terror blades and, and super armor and stuff. So a lot of the, the sort of as designed encounters didn't seem to. I think witchery doesn't assumes you haven't got anything else. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and then there was there was a whole bunch of stuff with Thorncraft. That was the big labyrinth. I mean, we had the oh. these guardians. The labyrinth was a pain, but then I suppose if you attack that methodically and make sure you got enough resources, healing potions, yeah. food, and so the, on. the problem with the labyrinth was it wasn't um, video series friendly. It, 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 all these walls look the same on purpose. It's a labyrinth. Um, but we came up with a system of torch colours to place on the floor to mark off areas we'd seen. Well, to be fair, all. we actually came up with a couple of systems. <laughs> Conflicting systems. What are these torches doing here? Baff, 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 baff. At last, yeah, yeah, we got there in the end though. And that was a sort of again a very easy to kill boss in the end chamber of that place, and that ticked that off. So yeah. I don't know if Blood Magic had a boss or has bosses. Um, don't know. Don't know. Uh, Mechanism doesn't have a boss because it's not that kind of thing. It is a set of tools. I mean, the reactor could have been thought of as a boss. I thought it was going to take the mountain out at one point, but uh, we we managed to stay on top of it, so that was good. And yeah. Hundred or so episodes in, a year's worth. Yeah, three or four episodes a week. That was, that was pretty good. We got there, did it? Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the whole thing. But there's a lot of refinement. I think there's a lot of things that could be done better. Yeah. More more signposting through some of the mods it never touched. The AE system. I think I'd like to see that as a quest page. Actually, you know, step through building an AE system because I think that would be useful. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to a bit more of a freeform thing. 
because we we got another thing happening. We're, we? we're doing a uh, Sky Factory, and this this has a quest book of a similar similar nature, but it is literally a ticket yourself book. It doesn't do any kind of validation at all. You tick your own quest book. Yeah, on the plus side, it means we can skip ahead yeah, and say, least, right, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, or we could just not bother doing that because that sounds like hard work. Yeah, but um, so it's again, it's a whole another sort of motley collection of different mods. How many are in this one? Another hundred or so. Different oh, mods? slightly more, I think. Slightly more, yeah. Um, and obviously, some of them are tiny mods that only have three or four blocks or like a useful kind of spanner. Where Whereas some of them are massive. I think Blood Magic is in, isn't it? Is Blood in Magic's one? in. Mechanism is not. So don't. Britannia's in. Although we've already come across a resource called Yellow Cake Dust, so I'm imagining there's some Yellow kind of Arium. Nu- Yellow there's some kind of nuclear. No, reactor there is a reactor. Oh, so I've actually used before. Okay. So I actually understand that. Uh, uh, Britannia's in. Britannia's in. That's there's good. a replacement for the AE system. Something which like Ender IO. Ender IO's in. I like Ender IO. Wasn't in, but, uh, in regrowth. So. Yeah. A lot of people swear by that. I don't understand it myself, so I'm looking forward to learning it. Uh, yeah, and there's a bunch of other stuff. Mm, mm. Which, yeah, it's interesting. Um, given what we know now, uh, I reckon our builds this time should be a lot more yes. useful. I have learned a lot from Regrowth. I've learned a lot how each of the different mod packs work. I mean, just the structuring of it does a pretty good job of, of t- incrementally teaching you how to use to get the new kinds of resources and what to use them for and how and, you know, what the new gadgets are all about and rituals and so on new sorts of gameplay and, and if anything else i mean just tinkering through a regrowth playthrough don't necessarily aim aim to complete it but it certainly does introduce you to various mod packs yeah. in, a, in a structured manner interesting it is a lengthy lengthy process yeah yeah i mean i don't know how how someone just tinkering away at it as a, on their own would do i mean do you think it helped with the pair of us there were a lot of i mean i know well one way it did help having two of us in there was that every quest reward was for both of us yes so we got twice the quest rewards for everything which did cut down on a lot of follow-on stuff because often it will reward you with things you need for the next bit but not all of them whereas if we got twice as much of that stuff yeah uh, gets yeah i think playing with multiple people was a good thing i know that a lot of the people who were playing along as well Mm. Either hit yeah, bugs, well, yes. Hit attention span limits because it got too annoying. <laughs> we had a couple of people playing along at home, yeah. Because uh, yeah, it gets to a point when you think, "Oh, can I really be bothered with this?" And fair having enough, so, having yeah. someone else in there to help help. If know, I wasn't recording through. a video, I probably yeah, wouldn't have yeah. stuck it to the That's end. Sort of, yeah, just jollying each other along a bit. It does help, yeah. Yeah, uh, and I've uh, enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been educational. It's been fun. And so I think uh, we were largely working on the 0.91 version of that. It's now up to a one point something or other. So it is a released thing. And some of the bugs we did here have been fixed. I've upgraded my personal solo version of Regrowth to the new one. And some of the things have been fixed. Yeah. There, so that does help. But um, yeah. yeah. You can, so you can find that through. I guess, you're going to need your, your launcher. Just I don't go know. Load, th- load the Cursed launcher. Cursed launcher. I think Feed, to, feed the Beast probably can do it as well curse. i don't know there's Wh- only curse are. is it only don't, curse well how do you do it if you don't know what curse is you go called curse minecraft. minecraft and uh, right. load that and then click on regrowth okay so yeah so it uses a whole bunch of mod loaders and stuff um, that you wouldn't normally get access to in the standard vanilla minecraft um, yeah so you'll have to hunt around a bit to get the get it going but but yeah um does having a persistent server help a lot of the stuff we wanted to leave yes. going and come back yes it helped a lot because i was massively overproducing resources by yeah. leaving it running I think for you, a week. it's going to be slower and harder work if you're just running it locally yeah. and only ever starting the world when you're there running a consistent server helps yeah. and also playing once a week really helps yeah, get a bit of a routine going. And you can see the progress well, no, happening week still, by week. It's not just the routine. It's the fact that we would build something, oh, I see, yeah. come back next week, and what it had been uh, working on would have given us a massive load of resources It was useful that. to set stuff going and come back a week later, yeah. yeah. So you, you unlock the ability to make something at the end of one week. Next week you have that thing in abundance. Yeah. Which is always because yeah we, we were filling tanks full of liquids <laughs> and things no problem. Oh, it was good though. There's all sorts of slapsticks, emotional moments. I I, I got a strop on here and there. It yeah. was great. Yeah. I, we almost quit many times. <laughs> it was a real journey. Actually, I'm not telling you how close we had to quitting. I think we've grown as people. Yeah, we, ha- we really have. Yeah. Uh, well, sort of grown as people. Maybe not. Mm. Uh, yeah, and it, it's well worth a play. Excellent. Yeah, I recommend yeah. that. How are we doing? We've we, we been rambling for the entire episode. We, you, you've got 13 minutes to talk about... Uh, <laughs> I'd like to talk about Elite Dangerous. Because we, we've got the group together. Yes, yes, Elite Dangerous. It's a static group thing. And I did, I was. this is a hugely experimental thing for me. I had no idea if this was going to work or, or what. We had eight people, I think, in the end. So Wings is a thing, obviously. Um, we tried, well, they were in the we, 70s, but they split up. <laughs> we did this a long time ago, back when Elite Dangerous launched and tried to play together, and Wings were not a thing. And it was such but a pain like now, in the arse. Wings are not a thing. Wings are now not a thing but they are a thing yeah i'm confused um 
but yeah, we were having troubles. Basically, three of us would turn up at the same outside the same starbase, and I could see both of them, but they couldn't see each other. There was some sort of really crazy, weird phasing thing going on. So that seems to—I don't know if it's necessarily wings, but I think just in general that helps. We're doing it as a private group. Yes, that is. A, I think that's because we don't must. like the rest of you. Well, it's not that anyone who wants to wants to join in, get in touch through Slack and Steam and whatever, and we'll I'll I'll I'll, uh, in, I'll let you into the private group. But the private group is is not it's not really a guild in the traditional sense. What that is is a list of people who are allowed in your instance of yeah, the game which is weird yeah um and there are private groups out there that are like hundreds and hundreds of members big i imagine you know some of the big big forum communities you're something awfuls and your reddits and whatever but but, but there's a couple of out there that who want a kind of open play experience but without pvp i think there's a couple of those out there that are sort of quite well policed and quite minister anyway we're, we're running our own little one and that really does seem to help with the instance thing, I don't think we ever came across a time when people were couldn't see each other or couldn't get into the same no. instance or stuff. Uh, well, no, there's times we couldn't get into the same instance, but that was all user error and incompetence flying around think, missing people. Because I, I did that quite straight a in lot. and then join the private instance. You you don't start in one. You have to basically yeah. warp somewhere and come back, and eventually you'll be in the right one. But most it, of the problem was trying to end up in the same place. Yeah, the same. Yeah, I think we we thought it was going wrong in a couple of places, but what it turned out is that both both parties had ended up like 200 kilometers away from each other at the same place. We were in the same instance, just way way outside sensor range. Remember, scanner range in most. Of the little ships we're flying is about six kilometers yeah <laughs> so so being being to being 100k off of the navigation beacon means that yes you're not going to see your friends because you know distance rather than parallel universes being the problem there but we got it together we were i i, I suggested that everyone ring fence their cash and and pick a, buy a buy a cheapy sidewinder and yeah we're all in sidewinders that was fun. yeah because a lot because the problem with first elite, time i've ever flown one yeah the problem with elite dangerous is you there is no alting uh well you can buy another account i suppose and give them another email address but in terms of within the same account you don't have multiple characters you have just you so a lot of people have been playing it for quite some time and got quite big ships and some people have just bought it to come along for this particular exercise and so they're only going to have sidewinders you know the starter ship which is about 32,000 credits worth with all e-grade equipment um but we found that we were doing all right with that we were yeah. we were dropping in on resource sites so we we're trying some of those we tried the low hazard one that was a bit boring we tried the we, high we, hazard one and we lost a couple of people very quickly the, the low hazard one we completely cleared it out too quickly the high yeah. hazard one it cleared us out way too quickly yes yes so we found some normal ones anacondas are not your friend wow yeah i mean if you can sort of kill steel with the you have to work very much it's about elite dangerous is about working with the npc forces there in the resource sites in the conflict zones in particular you'll find a lot of a lot of friendly or at least police ships in there doing doing fighting and, and the idea is to try and join in carefully on those fights rather than sort of go one-on-one sidewinder versus anaconda you know um yeah we tried a few missions and stuff so missions are not shared but because the mission list is global to and and on the server not not client side and randomly generated everyone can see the same list of missions and so if we all pick the same mission we all get the same mission we can all go and do the mission together uh, and we'll all get paid then we can all discover that we all have different jump ranges <laughs> Yeah. Okay. How are we going to get to this start? Okay. Can't yeah. get there. It's yeah. one jump for me. It was. It was. It's interesting. Sort of in-game knowledge type problems, rather than it. This is just yeah. not going to work. Problems. So, so things things to think about there. Um. Yeah. I, I I've set us a goal. We're going to go and visit Voyager one and two, which are apparently are in-game and apparently are visit visitable in the year thirty three oh three, which is when Elite Dangerous is set. Um. They are still in the Soul System and have hardly got anywhere, <laughs> which yes. is what you'd imagine. I mean, I think Voyager. One, one of them t- will take forty-two thousand years to get to what the nearest approach to whatever star it's aimed at. So, so you have to get into Sol to go and see them. And to get to Sol, you need a Federation pa- a permit. And to get the permit, you need a Federation rank of rank four, uh, midshipman, petty officer, something like that. Or Mm. You backed the Kickstarter. Uh, yes, yes. So uh, we got we got going on all that, and it turned out he was in Seoul, uh, you know, taunting us, t- so telling us what the weather was like. Yeah, if you're a Kickstart backer, you not only get a space station named after you that's quite poor and doesn't have good facilities, but you get uh, you get to start in a Cobra Mark III. You get like loads of money, and you also get all the permits. Well, I think you get the permit for Seoul. Yeah, you get the permit for Seoul, but you don't get the Federation rank. Presumably, no, so there's a couple of other places I can't go into around yeah. the Federation, but I've got Seoul. Okay, so but so. Yeah, you can just keep 
checking to make sure that the place is still there well will the rest of us grind up uh, i need to grind up i need the chip anyway so we need to so. do federation aligned faction missions uh, of any sort really I'm, I'm i'm thinking we probably want to do combat more than most things because that's the more interesting thing yeah. but um, well, certainly now we're we, learning we'll that. do deliveries we'll do trading hauling whatever yeah, now we're getting the hang of the combat yeah a hang of the basics of, of working together as well yeah. it's the things like navigation wing lock that's interesting so we had two wings of four uh, and we were managing to sort of keep them together and in the same place and working together Although bounties are not shared across different wings, as you no. would expect, <clears throat> anyone anyone in the same wing as you gets some money when you kill stuff, and anyone in the same wing as you gets some money when you make a profit trading as well. There's like a small trade dividend thing so to encourage people to be escorts for haulers, I suppose. Um, so we ended up with a little bit of friendly competition between the wings as to who could get the last hits in on whatever targets we were hosing. But eight sidewinders is pretty 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 yeah. competent force, yeah, especially when you know people start upgrading the weapons a bit. I got killed. Um, we had a couple of people get killed. I, I got was, killed. I was using gimbaled um, pulse lasers uh and i think i don't know something flew in front of me and i ended up aggressing and then the police killed me um it happened to a couple of people actually we were experimenting with having to jump out and hide in a nearby system oh i accidentally aggressed someone and had to run off to uh, earth to hide yeah i couldn't um i couldn't get away so i got i got hosed by the police um which was (laughs) terrible but um yeah there was a couple i think we lost one i think (laughs) one of us one of us uh, was experimenting with the new planetary landing or new to us uh, and got that completely wrong and ended up smeared all across Across a moon surface, so that was that was quite interesting. This is why we're doing it in the sidewinders because you get one of those for free, even if you can't meet the insurance. And the insurance on a sidewinder with even moderate gear is only a couple of thousand yeah. credits. Money's not that difficult to get in that game. We're discovering there's quite a lot of us talking on Slack about trade routes and so on, and uh, the community goal. I took a small part in one of the recent community goals and I got about 8 million credits yeah. for, for a couple of runs of yeah, dropping cards. It's off. easy to get up to a certain point in that game. Anacondas and, and corvettes and, and you know big destroyers and things are going to be crazy but you can get up into the Cobra mark range quite comfortably quite quickly I think. So I think we're going to be doing, so that was basically a sort of familiarisation orientation session. It, will, it works and I think we're going to make a go of it. We'll, we'll, we'll keep playing. If, um, if more people want to come along please do. We could yeah. just add more wings. Theoretically I understand that you can fit about 32 players into an instance at the same time so and if we because we're using the private group that means that those players are going to be us not not random yeah. people flying through the systems um yeah i think next week we're going to be doing planetary stuff I are think, we yep this is this, okay. this, 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 this session coming up we're all going to get the planetary hang vehicle hangar and a srv there and we're going to try some ground-based missions and some driving and stuff see how that all works as a group if it works as a group it's all very experimental at the moment but i think it can be made to work this static group elite dangerous thing and of course everyone's quite free to park their real spaceships nearby and go and use those during the week and earn as much money as they like during the week whatever one of the nice things about this compared to many of the static groups is that it doesn't have to be a static group yes because there's no such thing i mean yeah if people want to go off and rank their federation up on their own in their own time they can get to soul quicker but as a whole that's the thing we're going to do as a sort of team but in general there's no sort of levels or experience bars or anything like that and and yeah you you, you are your credit balance i suppose and if you want to go off and earn loads of money in the spare time then then by all means i mean i'm sort of putting a sort of soft limit on the kinds of ships and equipment we're, we're using on the tuesdays but there's nothing stopping you having another spaceship parked at the depot and go off and do your high-end Oh yeah! Combat At the end trading. of the night, I jump in my uh, yeah, exactly. bigger ship and go yeah, and got, do other stuff. I've got my diamondback diamondback scout parked um, parked at the uh, the place we're working out of, but uh, I'm going to use the sidewinder for these. I think probably a couple of weeks coming up soon we'll, we'll move to eagles i think try that as try those as combat but i'm not going to prescribe is everything about this game based on a band <laughs> um it, it depends what people want to do i mean if people want eagles is the choice for the combat ship but there's haulers and adders adders yeah. is the next step for an all-purpose and i think the hauler is that if you want to go down the trading route and those ships might be useful as our big in our little flotilla you know as a sort of support ships as yeah. people who can actually carry the cargo about fuel transfer limpets i mean we i was, I was following with with bated breath uh, some adventures on slack where one of our members had uh, found one of those star systems where they humorously put the star base yeah. 150,000 light seconds out from the star and it took apparently it took him 70 minutes of real time and he he, he landed on vapors <laughs> and and the um the, the ongoing drama in slack we thought he was gonna have to 
sort of log out and then wait for us to do a multi-stage rescue fuel dump type operation there are such things as fuel transfer limpets uh, and there, there is a big player organisation called the Fuel Rats that actually go around rescuing people who are stranded and running out of fuel. Because you, you run out of fuel, you're getting, like, you're getting low on fuel and uh, can't jump and can't get to anywhere. And, and odds are you'll run out of fuel, that all your systems die on the ship, you've got 10 minutes of life support and then you're dead. Uh, you, turn, you, know, you have to eject or blow up or whatever. But you can, if you log out, that timer doesn't keep ticking down. So uh, you then put a load of stuff in wherever forum and, and these, these people volunteer to come out and find you and actually transfer a load of fuel across so some, yeah. some, some fantastic emergent gameplay and some great stories and, and that's the sort of thing you're looking for i suppose in these, these kind of large-scale collaborative online games so i'm very pleased with how the uh, the elite dangerous static thing's going i think it's going to work well i think we'll uh, do a lot more of that and we'll work up the ships and i don't know how, how far we're going i'd like to get to, like get us all to seoul i think that'd be good but after yeah. that who knows well then there's the empire well it's going to take a while to get to seoul because yeah the the, really? the faction well the you're ranking up your factions you get like one percent you have to do i think you get one percent per mission or something um so we might have to start stacking missions yeah because we need four of those hundred percent bars and then you need to look for the promotion mission and take that when it turns up it, we might not actually get there, but uh, before the interest wanes. But it's been it's been a good session. So well, far. it'll be getting everyone a step closer. Also, it's upping all their other stats. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or just money as well. Yeah. A lot of a lot of the game is basically money. There's no sort of grind or skill system or tree or anything like that. So, and earn the cash, get better ships, win. Yeah, good stuff. So yeah, I think I'm probably talked out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Your timing's pretty spot on. So, uh, yeah, look out for us on Slack or, or the Steam Group is still yeah, there. Steam I don't know. Still there. Yeah, Steam Group is still there. Yeah, go on to com. There's a link on the menu bar uh, about how to get in touch with us, yeah. and you can get us that way. Yep, yeah, and we, we've or leave so, certainly got more, more room on the Elite thing. We're doing that Tuesdays at the moment. Yeah. But, uh, in, and, yeah, the, the new Minecraft series, the Sky Factory thing, is ongoing. Look for that as well. Yeah. Cool. So, do your spiel. If you go on to hannahmurdertime.com, you can find the links to where we all are and what we're doing. You can also see all our previous shows. And go along to YouTube, the link's there as well, where you can see the video version of all of our shows and our new uh, Minecraft series, which is Sky Factory, which hey. is much like uh, Regrowth, but with, with more, more falling off. I'm not spoiling how many times we've fallen <laughs> off. But yeah, but with, you would with, be surprised. with more precipices to uh, plummet off of. Mm. Uh, and join us next week when we'll be talking about more games. See you next time. Goodbye.